Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. a couple of things we've got coming up in these next couple of weeks. Um, we've got our Thrive course, which starts next Wednesday night, and I would highly encourage you to be part of. If you haven't done your spiritual giftings test for a while, uh, if you've never done them, here's an opportunity to find out what your spiritual gifting is. We'll cover personality, we'll cover experience, your experience, we'll cover all those, your shape, how you fit in the body of Christ, and we'll do a consultation with you at the end and go, okay, so what are you thinking? Where, where do you think you're going to fit? And, and we'll work out where that, what that looks like for you. Um, you know, you, you'll uncover a bit of stuff about yourself. We won't force you to do anything, um, but I'm telling you, it's a really helpful thing to do. And we'll help you to grow spiritually in that process as well once you understand more about yourself. That's this Wednesday night. Now, we've got some folders I'm going to pass around. If we need to produce books for this. There, there's about a 60-page book that goes with this. So it's, it's a fair bit of preparation. Um, and so if you want to be part of that, please put your name down there. It starts this Wednesday night, 7.30, here in the church, and we'll, we'll pre- prepare all that for you on Wednesday night. Fantastic. It's part of the Next Steps program, really. It's, it's just what's next for you, you know. And uh, if you've never done that, you don't have to do all these in, in the same sequence. You can do them in any sequence. So if you, have, if you want to do this as a one-off, that's fine too. So I would encourage lots of people to be involved in that. Fall in love, stay in love. Uh, we started uh, in March, and it's a six-week marriage course. Now, you go, well, our marriage isn't in problems. Great, that's a good reason to do it. You know, it, it's fantastic for marriages that are in trouble, but I'm telling you, it's, it's so good for marriages that are doing okay at the moment, you know? So if you can, you've got a blah marriage that just isn't quite hitting it, come along, don't be bashful. That, that You know, seriously... My whole stance in life is about being proactive. You, I think if you've been around here for five minutes, you'd recognise that. And these sorts of courses, it's like setting up a fence at the top of the cliff rather than trying to pick up the pieces at the bottom of the cliff. Now, we need to do that as well, of course. But intentionally, if we start to do those things at the top of the cliff before everything smashes apart, how much better is that? You know? And I'll, here's, you may not know this about me. I just want the best for you. I want the best for your marriages. I want the best for your families. I want the best for your walk with God. I, I want the best for every part of your life. And, and I know that it wouldn't always come across that way because you feel like I'm, I'm trying to get you to do something or, do, or be something that you're not. It's not that at all. We just want you to be the best who you are designed to be in God. The best of that. The best version of that. And sometimes that takes some discipleship. Sometimes that takes some inconvenience. Sometimes that takes some work. So if you are interested in doing our marriage course, as I said, it starts in March. See Robin and she will tell you more information about that. I could tell you to see me, but I know what Sunday's like or my weeks are like sometimes. And I see a line of people lined up the row and I think, how am I going to get through all these people? <laughs> it's, uh, it gets difficult. But, but truly, make an effort. Give us a call to the office, what, whatever it takes. Just... Uh, just get connected. You know, today is uh, traditionally our, our sign-up Sunday. And this is where we do the vision and then we say, come on now, you need to be part of life groups. And I've had enough of that, to be truthful. 
I feel like every year I get up here and say similar sorts of things and try and twist your arm and say, you should be part of life groups. Do I believe it? Yep. Am I going to manipulate you? Nope. Your choice. You're big men and women and boys and girls and you can choose whether to be part of those or not. I reckon it's a great thing to be part of, but if you don't want to, it's your choice. Now, do you want to grow spiritually? Yep. Be part of a life group. Oh. Yeah, I want to grow. Well, I don't want to be part of life group. I just want to grow spiritually. Come on, Greg, so into my life. No, be part of a life group. That's where you grow spiritually. That's where you get connected to the body of Christ. You know, Sunday services, I love Sunday services. I, I, I truly do. They're, they're, these are great. I love coming together and playing another service and it'll be just as good and, and it's, a, it's great seeing the church come together and celebrate and do all that stuff. But I'm telling you, if there's not relationship undergirding that, I, I sometimes wonder the value. You know, there's people here I know, and, and I don't, I'm not talking about specific people necessarily, but I just know how our life is. You'll come here on a Sunday morning, once every now and then, you'll meet with everyone, you might even have a coffee after service, but then you will go on and do your week and not think another word or thought about any part of connecting with church until the next Sunday comes. You go, Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess we better go to church. And, and that's not being the body of Christ. That's not the church. We're supposed to live connected, in relationship. And I'm going to show you that this morning. And, and I hope it'll be a catalyst of you wanting to be in a life group, not just thinking I should be in a life group. You, you want this for your life. You know, we... Um, just throw up the next screen. We had Vision Sunday last Sunday, and I would urge you, if you weren't here... Go and listen to that on, on the podcast and uh, uh, have, a, have a, a good listen to that. Um, you know, this is our, our vision for this year or part of our vision to grow and develop successfully, to flourish, to succeed, to progress toward or realise a goal despite of or because of circumstances. I love that. That's to thrive. That's the, the season we're in. We're into this multiplication. We're into this harvest season, I believe. You know, youth had 70 or 80 kids on, on Friday night, apparently. And, and uh, you know, it was like... How many? 15 new kids or something, did you say? Yeah, something like that. Um, I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised that. I'm not surprised that we were totally full last Sunday morning. I'm not surprised by that. Because we're in this season. And we need to prepare our hearts for what God is going to do. You know, I prayed a prayer out with the creative team this morning to increase our capacity, to increase our capacity to be more so, God, you can do more through us. And I don't know if you pray those sorts of prayers, but they're dangerous prayers sometimes, you know. Prayer of Jabez, you know. You know, expand my territory, you know. And, and But I'm telling you, that's, that's what it's going to take. We've all got to get stronger in God. We've all got to get a, a stronger stance in God. To, to grow up and, and to be more of what he wants to do in us and through us. And I believe that's the season we're in. You know, we have got great life group leaders here. And, and for some of you, you say, what's a life group? Small group, connect group, uh, growth group, um, small group, well, whatever you want to call it. We just call them life groups here, you know. And, uh, and they are, I, I tried to make a system of all this and try and make them all happen on one night. And, and people go, well, this doesn't work for us. And go, oh. Okay, well, I guess I'll have to adjust that, won't I? And uh, so now 
our life groups are all over the place. You know, there's coffee on a Wednesday morning for the blokes and there's a men's group on Wednesday night and we've got some on Tuesday night and we've got some on weekends. And, we, and, you know, I love that. I love the messiness of that, even though I would like it structured and everyone doing it on the same night and I could produce curriculum on that night for everyone. And, but no, it doesn't quite work that way. But you know what? I don't care. I just want you connected at some level or other. And, uh, and, and I hope you all got handed out um, this life group booklets this morning on the way in. I hope you all got a, a copy of that um, because all our life groups are on there and you're big boys and girls, so you can look at that yourself and decide where you want to fit. But I do want to introduce to you life group leaders. So if you're a life group leader, could you please stand to your feet? If you're leading a life group or part of leading a life group of any type in the church, just stand up so people can see you. So I just want, want people to see who you are. Fantastic. It's, it's Pete Buchan. They're in the corner there. They got a surprise. Their name was on the, the, the flow chart last week. And uh, what are we leading? What are we leading? They, they're already leading a, a small group, but uh, uh, we're seeing where that role develops this year. So, so that's exciting. Now, these people you'll see are all leading life groups. Their names are on the list. If you don't know them, go and introduce yourself. Or you can ring the office or you can fill in a form and hand in the offering. We'll, we'll connect you up with the right sort of people. But I'm telling you, this is the way we do church. We connect in small groups, you know. And, uh, and basically, this is the way we care for you. We can't care for you. When there's, whatever, how many people are in this church now? Nearly 300 people. We can't care for you anymore. I can't know all your, what's happening in your lives. And these people will know because you're meeting with them on a regular basis. And not that they have to meet all your needs either, by the way. But, but this is the place that you can actually connect with people. So thank you. Put, put your hands together for all the life group leaders. You know, I, I, as I said before, I love Sunday services. I, I, just, I just do. I just really enjoy our time together, you know. And it was one of the things when we planted the church, I just wanted to have a church that I enjoyed going to. You know, I didn't want to have to go to a church every Sunday morning and go, here we go again, you know, and drag ourselves through. And it might have been a couple of years it might have been like that. But, but uh, you know, there's a time, um, Andy laughs, because he was there from day one and, and setting up and pulling down every Sunday. And uh, my Sundays used to be pretty interesting. I'd, I'd be on the setup team, so I'd get there at the school hall at... Uh, sort of about 8 o'clock or something. Usually I was, I was pulling the, the trailer, so I already left home early to get the trailer to pull it to the church. You'd set up. I'd often play guitar and sing and preach and then pull down and then try and minister to people somewhere in the midst of all that as well. And you wonder why you're exhausted at the end of Sunday. It was just like, oh. And uh, there was a season of that. But, uh, I, you know, what's wonderful is there's so many people just gathered around us now. So, much, so many people just... just taking load and, and it's so exciting to see that and I reckon that's why our church service they're like this refreshment for me anyway they're a refreshing time when we come together we worship God we, we hang together with coffee afterwards and and and, and you know and we, we do that pattern but you know what that's just a part of what the body of Christ needs to be and to do and if we only do that I reckon we're living way below what God would want for our lives. And both from a biblical perspective and the way that Jesus lived on this earth, um, you know, you just have to look at the model he gave us. He he hung out with his three main guys. 
You know, he just hung out with Peter, John and James and, and then he hung with the, the 12 all together, you know, and he just spent time with them and, and he just did life with them and experienced life and had the battles and, 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 and you know, just, just they got built together over three years. And then there was the, the large group, the 72, and then there was the crowds. He did life in relationship. He committed himself to relationship and uh, I love that. And as Christians, I think we're meant to do our lives in relationship, to do life together. We're meant to be connected, you know. One day we'll need support. One day we'll be able to support somebody else. And, and, and so I believe the church service is wonderful. But if that's all there is, I reckon we're missing a big slab of what it is. It, it's not fellowship. You see, Sunday is not fellowship. It, it's not how we outwork our fellowship biblically. You know, our mission statement says to love God, love people, and love life. And, and our church service is about loving God, I reckon. If, if you just go on the next screen, Aiden. Oh, no, past that. Keep going. No? Is there one there with the, the bridge? Yeah. Um, so, so this is what I reckon our church service does. You know, it's about that loving God through, through relationship with him, building relationship with him in his presence you know, worshipping, just loving on him. And, and, you know, we pray together, we, we, we sing songs, we do all that together and it's great, but it's not fellowship, you know. And, we, and to love people, we need to go to the next level. We need to engage with people. We need to connect with people. We need to be a part of people's lives. We can't live our lives isolated and expect to live a full, abundant Christian life. We need to be interconnected with people and God. And that's where I believe Life Groups comes in. You know, and it's actually, that's, and that's where our life then becomes to be abundant because it starts to flow out into loving our lives and we're serving others and we're reaching others. And it's through that love of God and a love for people that there's an overflow that happens. And people start to take notice. They go, what's different about him or her? What, what's the go with them? And, and so this has been backed up. We've just done a uh, NCLS um, survey in the last... Um, few months before Christmas and we got the report back from that if you just go to the next screen on that and so our strengths are our worship service you know coming together our contemporary music our singing <laughs> you even apparently even like when I challenge you in the preaching which is, is fantastic because I'll keep doing it you know and uh, and that's what I'm here for I think and, and it's just one of the strong points of our, 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 our church. And, and so our love for God is fantastic. But guess what the last one is? Belonging. Belonging. Now, can I put you a bit of context in this? Compared to our denomination, we're actually doing really well in belonging. But compared to everything else, I was a bit concerned about that, you know. And, and you don't know all the, the reference, the context of all that, so I, I can't give it all to you this morning. But it, it said to me, we're not connected enough. People don't feel like they're belonging enough. Because if it's way down the bottom there, we need to do something about that. Now, something is always going to be at the bottom, by the way. So, so it's just the way it works. So, so in terms of our positioning as church, we're really healthy, doing really well. I was, I was totally thrilled with that. Um, but it concerned me a little bit that our belonging sector was down lowest in our profile, even though it was quite good compared to the general profile um so so anyway that, that was that's quite interesting it confirmed what i thought um in my in my spirit that we we're doing okay in that area 
You see, Jesus says we're meant to love one another so as to demonstrate to the world that we are his disciples. And, and it's really meant to stand out. It's really meant to be a distinctive of our Christianity, of our relationships. They're meant to stand out. They're meant to be, wow, these people really love each other. It's meant to be attractive. It's meant to get other people's attention. And, and it's definitely, you know, and, and just catching up every now and then, just, just doing the informal thing, hey, how are you going? See you next week. It's just not good enough. It's just not the way Jesus would, would expect us to live our lives as his church. And it's definitely not loving our neighbour as ourselves, is it? It's just leaving our lives focused on our, ourselves, our own needs, our selfish needs often. And, and yes, I know there's lots of factors and lots of pressures and all that. But see, this takes commitment. This takes a commitment to relationship and connection with others. And it takes time. I know it does. And this week I was trying to think creatively of how to demonstrate how important relationships are. And Because I read something this week that really scared me a bit. Because apparently you guys only, we, and I include myself in that, we only stay tuned in for about six minutes. <laughs> and I go, okay, what happens the other 35 minutes when I preach? You know, you get six minutes and, and everyone else goes to sleep then. Well, so I thought I've got to mix it up a little bit more these days. And I, I found a video that I, I bought a few years ago, a DVD, and uh, it talked about relationship. It's by a guy called Craig Groeschel, great pastor in the States. And uh, so I thought I'd show that this morning as um, part of this, this message about relationships. And hopefully it will help give you some greater um, desire to be in relationship. Thanks, Aidan. Turn those lights down too. Thanks, guys. Kazon is a Hebrew word that means vision. There's a verse in the Old Testament of the Bible that says, where there is no kazon, no vision, the people perish. If we applied that verse in the Bible to our relationships with people, the verse would say, where there is no kazon, no vision for your relationships, they generally die.
Cemetery always puts things in perspective, doesn't it? You know, when you think about it, life is really all about relationships, isn't it? Do you have a cousin, a vision for your relationships? Because most people don't. That's why every relationship ends up somewhere. But a few relationships end up somewhere on purpose. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. You know, no one saw it coming. Jerry was only 48 years old and died of a heart attack. The weird thing was, he was in great shape, but his relationships weren't always in great shape. Now, I've got some pictures from his funeral. Must have been their first date and their prom. There's their cruise. Oh, yeah. Here's the year that it happened. The year that Jerry smashed her heart. There's Jerry and his son, Jacob. When Jacob was little, his father and son were completely inseparable. But years later, the dad, he had another love, and that was a love for work. So when Jacob was old enough, he said, you know what? I'm sick of this relationship. And the son left home. And in his heart, it was for good. There's Jerry and Carl. They were business partners and best friends until the year that there was a discrepancy over some money in the business. Carl got a new car. Jerry didn't know how he afforded it. That was the end of a long friendship. a vision for your relationships? If you don't, let me offer you four questions that will help direct you. The first question is this. What relationship needs to be initiated? Are you missing a key relationship from your life? Solomon said that two are better than one. 
Maybe you need to initiate a relationship with a mentor or a friendship. Or maybe you should disciple or mentor someone else. Perhaps you need to initiate an accountability relationship. Or maybe you need to ask someone out for a date. What relationship needs to be initiated? Another question to ask yourself is this. What relationship needs to be nurtured? The Bible says to serve one another in love. Maybe your marriage needs nurturing. What are you going to do about it? Get some counseling. Go out on a date. Increase your romance. Maybe you need to nurture a relationship with one of your children or your parents or a close friend. Ask yourself, what relationship needs to be initiated? What relationship needs to be nurtured? Also ask yourself, what relationship needs to be restored? The Bible says to forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. Maybe there's someone important to you that you need to forgive or to seek forgiveness from. Do you have a relationship that needs to be restored? Why not try today? Because you don't have forever. What relationship needs to be initiated, nurtured, restored? And a final Kazon question for you is this. Do you have a relationship that needs to be severed? Because the Bible teaches us that bad company corrupts good character. Maybe there's a relationship that you need to break away from. Now, let me be very clear. I'm not talking about you leaving your marriage because you're not happy. I'm talking about some relationship that is not honoring God. Maybe you're in business with someone that's not playing it straight. Maybe you have friends that are distracting you from your relationship with Christ. Maybe you're dating someone that you know is not God's best. Do you have a relationship that needs to be severed? Four Kazon questions. Do you have a relationship that needs to be initiated, nurtured, restored, or severed? Because every relationship ends up somewhere, but few relationships end up somewhere on purpose. Do you remember the year when Jerry smashed Barbara's heart? His unfaithfulness to her ripped her to pieces. The good news is, God is a God of restoration. Jerry apologized and asked for forgiveness. And thankfully, Barbara forgave him. In the latter years of their marriage, were better than any of the previous years. Ah, you remember the broken relationship between Jerry and his son Jacob? Well, more great news. Jerry finally realized there's so much more to life than work. And he got a chazon, a vision for his family. And for the rest of his life, his father and husband poured his heart into those that mattered most. Remember Jerry and Carl, his old business partner and friend? Jerry tried to make things right, but Carl was too hard-headed. He always thought there'd be more time. 
Not every relationship has a happy ending, does it? Remember, every relationship ends up somewhere. But few relationships end up somewhere on purpose. Sobering, wasn't it? Um, have some more lights up here, boys. <laughs> um, it's probably just a little longer than I would have liked, but I couldn't work out what to cut out, so I had to leave it all in, and I just thought it was, it was worth it because um, it really rammed home those points. You know, and if you didn't get those points, the next screen, Aidan will have those on there. What, what relationship do you need to initiate? Here we go. What relationship needs to be nurtured? What relationship needs to be restored? What relationship needs to be severed? And, uh, you know, there's a great instance in the New Testament where we, we have a great model for, for the, the types of relationships we need to initiate with Paul, Barnabas, uh, and, and also Timothy. You know, we all need a Paul in our lives, someone we look up to. Um, someone who mentor us, someone who'll who'll direct us, someone who'll share their wisdom with us, you know. But but guess what? They just don't appear out of nothing. We've actually got to be proactive about that. We actually have to pursue those sort of people in our lives. You know, a Barnabas. We all need a Barnabas in our lives. Those those people will just love us. They're not impressed by us, but they just love us, you know. And and they'll just they get alongside us and they'll encourage us. And and uh, and we need a Timothy in our lives where we're raising up the younger generation, a younger person in the Lord or or younger in age, and we're raising them up and we're sowing in their, into their lives with our wisdom and, and the mistakes we've made and the experiences we've won in the process. And, uh, and we need those people in our lives. But here's the thing. Paul started out as a Timothy. I know this can get a little confusing, but Paul was raised up by Barnabas. Barnabas took a risk on him and, set, and went out of his way to mentor him and raise him up. And Paul now is the, the greatest church-planning apostle ever in the world. And that's because Barnabas, a man, took a, a bit of a risk on this guy and, and just sowed in his life for years and years and years until the point where Paul was ready to take off and he just, he, because of that input from Barnabas. You know, there, there's so many aspects I could have bought from that. You know, um, what relationship needs to be nurtured. We talked about marriage earlier, as, as uh, Craig Rochelle did too. And it's so important we're on top of our marriages. Guys, I'm telling you, the enemy wants to have a go, he'll have a go at your marriage. Because that splits families, it splits the whole deal. He'll, he'll have a go at marriages. And, and, and that, that opens the door to all sorts of stuff. Restoration and, and what you need to sever, what you need to work out. Okay, I'm going to finish with this scripture. Because I haven't got halfway through what I had here this morning. But go to Acts 2, um, verses 42 to 47. Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. Because I think, for me, this is... Oh, I left my glasses down there, sorry. I won't be able to read it otherwise. This, for me, is the model that we need to, to have in place for, for the New Testament church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. You see, 
They devoted themselves. No one forced them to. They decided to devote themselves to the word of God, to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to fellowship, not this fellowship, to fellowship, relationship with people, intimate relationship, connected relationship, to the breaking of bread, of hanging with people, spending time with people, going out of their way to, 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 to eat with people. And prayer is the fourth thing. Pray for each other, support each other. You know? and, and here's the result. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. You see, everyone looks on at that stuff and goes, wow, I wish I could have that in my life. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. I love that. You know, I love that. You know, that we just, we recognize needs and we actually start to, to move towards fulfilling those needs in people's lives. But you have to be connected before you even recognize the need. You see, I know over the years as a pastor, you do get a little bit of flack sometimes because people have gone through something and you don't know what they've gone through and you haven't been able to meet their needs and they feel ripped off in that process. And, and never to justify that by, by any means because, you know, that wouldn't be appropriate. But the truth is if you're not connected and you go through stuff, you've really only got yourself to blame. You know, if you really aren't getting the support of people, it's because you're not connected with people. To have a friend, you have to be a friend. You know? And, and I think we forget that sometimes. We, we become a bit self-centered. And... And it's just not the way the it's not the way the Bible tells us. Not the New Testament church model that we really do need to devote ourselves to those things, to fellowship, to the Word, to the breaking of bread, to prayer, and then will, people will be filled with awe because of what is going on, and the needs will be met. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They break bread in their homes. Now, even that's significant. The temple courts isn't the temple. It's not, it's not the worship time. It's actually the courtyard. It's the time where people just hung around. They spent time together. That's why I love the men, men's group doing coffee on a Wednesday morning. It's just like, turn up, we're going to be there. If you can't turn up, that's fine. But, but we're there. And, and we get to have a coffee at the same time. You know, that, that's fantastic. Um, broke bread in the homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of people. There's so much in this, this Bible verse. Praising God and enjoying the favour of all people, of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. You see, we need more than just a church service in our life. As much as I love our church service, we need more than that in our lives. We need to be connected in relationship, proactively, intentionally. And, and I'm telling you, one way you can do that, it's only one way, but it's a significant way is through some sort of connection in life groups, a group. And as I said, you've got to choose what you want to do there. Look at Hebrews 10. This is, this is a bit later on in the church history model because people are starting to maybe just drift a little bit. And the writer of Hebrews says this in, in uh, chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. We have this hope, we profess it, but let's hold on to it unswervingly. For he who promised is faithful. 
and let us consider how we spur one another on to love and good deeds. You see, we need to be in relationship for that to happen. We need to have some commitment, some uh, connection points, some accountability for that to happen. To spur one another on to love and good deeds, let us not give up meeting together as some of us are in the habit of doing. So there's a habit gets formed in our lives of not connecting. And the writer of Hebrews is so clearly saying, don't let that habit get in a part of your life. Stay connected to the body of Christ. Let's encourage one another. And all the more as the day, see the day approaching. You see, talking about end times there. And, 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 and the writer is recognised end times are coming. And it's even more important to be in relationship, meeting together as that day comes. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. You know, since the first day we, we planted this church, our, our service has been really important to us. We put a lot of time and energy into planning services and, and, and having run sheets and all those sorts of things. And, and that, that's a lovely thing, you know. And I love our, our music. Our, we've got an excellence in our music, our praise and worship, you know. And, and we had a meeting here on Thursday night and, and I think there was 30 or 40 people here. And you go, wow, that's significant. You know, we're doing well in this area. And, uh, and, and I love... You know, it's been a focus for us. But I'm telling you, the other balance of that is we've always had a focus on small groups, on life groups. We want you connected in those groups. And it's the thing I've recognised over the years, life change happens through relationship. It doesn't very often happen through a church service. It happens through relationship with other people. And, And we all need that in our lives. We totally do. I know sometimes we think we can't fit it in, but it's just... What, what are you making a priority? What's a priority in your life? What, really, in, when it comes down to it, it's all about relationships. And if you are just doing your own life with self-seeking life that just focuses on you, I'm telling you, you're going to get the end of your life and wonder why there's not a thousand people. Well, you won't see it, of course, but wonder why all these people aren't at your funeral because you're not connected. And at the end of our lives, I don't know about you, the only thing we really do have is relationships. That's all we have. That's all we have. I recognise that many times over my life. I stray from that from time to time, but I've recognised relationships is the thing that we need to make sure we have secure in our lives. So I'm not twisting your arm to be in a life group, but I'm giving you plenty of reasons to be in a life group, aren't I, I think. So as the band comes this morning, I, I want to pray for you as we as we finish up. Anyone felt like their arm was twisted just a little bit, maybe? (laughs) Uh, Come on, let's stand together. Uh, You ready to pray? Come on. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this great day. We thank you for the, the body of Christ, the church, your church, Lord. We pray we are building your kingdom on this earth, Father. We're helping you build the church, Jesus. And yet, God, we can't really build a church. We've got to leave that to you. But, Father, what we can do is actually build relationships with one another, our relationship with you and our relationships with one another, Lord. So that can be a distinctive of our Christian walk. So that can be a standout. That can be so people can stand in awe of, of, of what we do and, and how we connect, God.
Father, I pray our insecurities, our fears, uh, the things that, that hold us back from that, Lord, will just melt away because we will intentionally want to connect with other people with other Christians and and with the other unchurched people as well, Father, that we actually will go out of our way to connect, God, that we'll start to build a relationship as the most important thing, Father, that we recognize we need that for our lives. Father, we need our, our relationship with one another, but here's the most important thing, we need relationship with you. And here this morning, I know there's people here that, that, probably don't feel like they've got a relationship with you, Lord. They, they don't get it. They don't understand what that means or how that's meant to be outworked. And this morning, while everyone's eyes are closed and, and heads are bowed, I, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. You know, and you might be already going, well, Greg, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to do it. I, I don't, well, that's fine. You never will completely understand it because it's, it's, it's a lifelong journey. But right now, here's an opportunity to go, I do want to start this journey. I actually want to make the first step. I actually want to step into this. And maybe you've done this before, or maybe you've never done this before. Maybe you're new to church, or maybe you've been around church a long time. It doesn't matter. It's about your heart decision. Are you ready to make that decision to put Jesus first in your life? To go, Jesus, I want you in my life. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to do it, but I want you in my life. And if that's you this morning, here's an opportunity just to get right with God. And I want the best for you. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't do this if I didn't think it was the best for you. Here's the opportunity. Real simple. To finish off now. If you want to do that, just put your hand in the air and I'll recognize it and I'll pray for you at the end of the service. Pray with you. If that's you this morning, just go, Greg, that's me. I'm at that place in my life. I just need something more. I need God in my life. I need something to fill that hole that I don't know how to fill. If that's you right now, stick up your hand. Fantastic. Thanks, mate. Awesome. Anyone else here ready this morning? Excellent. Father, Lord, we want to build our church on the rock as you are. And God, we recognize relationships are central and are core to that. So Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray you help us become better relationally with each other, God, to better love each other, to, to better be the church, the body of Christ, as you would want us to be, Father. We pray for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, come on, let's put your hands together. God, let's give a great big applause. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.